don't be don't be shy or afraid to ask for things, whether it's, you know, being part of a research team or an internship or a promotion or a higher salary. I would say that's what really helped me in both my undergrad, grad and at my job currently. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk Wiki USC. My name is Belinda Garana and I'm a PhD student in chemical engineering at USC. Wiki USC stands for Women in Chemical Engineering at USC and provides professional development, community networking, and outreach for women in chemical engineering and their supporters. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Sarah Jarmakani. Ms. Jarmakani is an alum of our very own USC Mork Family Department of Chemical Engineering and Materials Science, where she completed her master's in chemical engineering part-time while working as a project engineer in the oil and gas industry. She currently works as a project engineer at SoCal Gas within the construction organization. Ms. Jarmakani, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So we'd love to hear more about how you got to this point. How did your studies and industry experience influence your career path? And were you always interested in the oil and gas industry? Um, I wouldn't say that I was always interested in it, um, but I would say that um, picking chemical engineering as my major really did open so many doors for me. Uh, I truly feel that chemical engineering is just, it's such a vast uh, domain and there's so many different, you know, professions and industries to pick and choose from. So when you're 18 and, and you're just enrolling for your undergrad, you're not absolutely sure what you want to do. You may have a, a vague idea um, of what you want to do. And so chemical engineering really helped me in like dipping my toes in, in several different industries. Um, so yeah, I would say that through my studies and then I also did some research when I was an undergrad in wastewater treatment. Um, and then I did a few internships here and there. And so, you know, being able to hop from several different industries um, allowed me to finally, you know, find one that I'm, I'm comfortable in. I see. So um, you bring up a great point that when we start our degrees in chemical engineering, we may not know that much about chemical engineering. I mean, I know that I just had a very basic understanding. Um, so something I like to ask everyone is what got you interested in chemical engineering in the first place? And looking back, do you think it was the best major for your career goals? Um, that, that's a tough one. What, what really got me interested in, in pursuing chemical engineering was um, I honestly thought that I was going to be like working in a lab. And I, I honestly thought that's what I, I liked. What, that, that's what I was going to like growing up. And so um, I chose chemical engineering thinking that it's very like, like very chemistry involved. I later on found out that it wasn't. Um, and then later on, I, 
I actually wanted to work um, like in the cosmetic industry. So like working in a lab, making makeup and, and perfumes and everything. And then, and then, you know, I feel like as you, as you grow older, your interests start to change. And so then I wanted to definitely be part of something more um, environmentally friendly. And so then I did research in wastewater treatment. So, so yeah, I would say that why I chose chemical engineering in the very beginning has nothing to do with what I like about it right now. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, so you mentioned that you had a lot of experiences throughout your education, like research, um, that helped you decide on, you know, what you like and what are your strengths. So um, can you share with us what do you think were important factors that helped you succeed in your experiences? And what kinds of experiences do you think are important to seek out? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would definitely say the one thing that I, that I wish I could go back and tell my undergrad self um, is not to care too much about your grades. And what I mean by that, I don't mean like, don't attend classes and don't do your homeworks and your exams and whatnot, but there's definitely more to the university experience than just your grades and just your GPA. Um, I would say that uh, reaching out to that professor that I did research with um, and you know, letting her know that I'm, I'm interested in, in being part of your research team and later on publishing uh, a, a, a paper with her uh, really helped me. Um, it really helped me you know, also know that I do not want to pursue academia. I, I don't want to um, to only stay in a lab doing research. I actually that's what actually pushed me um, to want to go look for a, a job in the industry. Other than that, I would say um, definitely becoming becoming more involved in things that go on like at your university, whether it's seminars or even just socializing events. Um, just finding out what other people are doing. Uh, it may spark an interest in you that you never knew you had. So I would say those are definitely related to, um, to, the, to like my academic uh, side. But in terms of the industry, I would say the most important factor that really helped me succeed is um, I didn't wait around for good things to happen. So whether it's you're negotiating your starting salary or whether it's a promotion that you know that you deserve, um, don't sit and wait around for you know your manager to push for that promotion. Uh, don't sit and wait around for someone to notice that you're doing such a good job. Um, put yourself out there and really just uh, and 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 yeah, ask for those things. I think I think that's my my, my take from all this is is don't be don't be shy or afraid to ask for things, whether it's, you know, being part of a research team or an internship or a promotion or a higher salary. I would say that's what really helped me in both my undergrad, grad and at my job currently. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I really appreciate you emphasizing that because, um, you know, not only is it important to get a variety of experiences, um, but also to know to seek out those experiences yourself because they won't just come to you. Yeah. But if you do reach out, people are usually very willing to help and yeah. um, help you succeed as well. Mm -hmm. 
So for undergrads listening, I was wondering if you can talk about why you decided to go for your master's after your undergraduate degree. Yeah, so um, there, there are definitely a couple of reasons why I pursued my master's directly after my undergrad. One of them being that I was living in the Middle East at the time and I, I did want to move to the US. So um, so I applied to grad school right, right after undergrad. Um, another reason, which I don't know, maybe some students uh, with similar upbringing and, and background as myself, they, they may have uh, the same kind of uh, upbringing or culture where, you know, it's, it's kind of expected after you're finished with your undergrad to, to, to go and do your master's or, you know, to be an engineer, be a doctor. So I'm not going to lie that there was some kind of uh, societal uh, pressure in that sense. Um, but also the, the third reason, which I think a lot of people uh, can agree to, is that um, the hiring and recruiting uh, like process at the moment is it's, it's getting a lot more competitive. It's, you know, people getting their master's, their MBAs, their, uh, their license, like a lot of different licenses. Um, so I'm not going to say that I regret doing my master's. Uh, I don't regret it at all. I mean, I came to USC. I have an amazing life now in Los Angeles because of it. But I would say that if some people are hesitant to do their master's right after their undergrad, I also totally understand that. Um, I also think that maybe working a few years in the industry and again, like knowing what it is that you like, knowing what it is that you're passionate about and you have interest in, and then maybe doing a more specific um, master's in that um, is also um, a great route to take. I think whoever you ask, people who waited or people who did it immediately, there's, there's pros and cons uh, for, for both. Right, that's a great point. I uh, also started my graduate degree right after my undergrad. Um, and I don't regret it, but there's definitely pros and cons, like you said, to learn more about industry before starting a graduate degree as well. Yeah, for sure. But I would also add that, um, you know, USC really made it so much easier for me that I started off as a on-campus full-time master's student, but I was able to, to look for, for a job. And once I got hired at SoCalGas, um, I know now everyone is really sick of like the online learning um, education and and Zoom and everything, but that was really how how I was able to to get my master's and and work at the same time. So um, so yeah, I, I I'm really happy that I attended a university like USC that that has the um, the distance educational uh, network online uh, masters. Yeah, so since you mentioned the USC master's program, I was wondering if you would, you know, explain for international students listening what it was like transitioning to studying at USC for your master's and if you would recommend the part-time program. Um, so yeah, when I joined USC, I think the most thing that was like a like a major shock for me was how how different the university culture is here in in the U.S. and also particularly USC um, compared to the university that I went to in the Middle East and also um, through conversations through my friend who a lot of them also attended universities um, outside of the U.S. We we all agreed that 
I, we feel that universities, um, like not not USC, but universities that, that we attended were were really just focused on the academics. So just the studying, just the exams, just the GPA. And honestly, the university experience wasn't wasn't that fun. And so when I came to USC, I was also here kind of in the same mindset that, okay, I got to get good grades. I got to get a good GPA so I can get a good job. And, um, and you know, slowly I, I actually started to really enjoy um, the great things that the university has to offer. I know that now with COVID and everything, a lot of people aren't really able to take classes uh, on campus and, and a lot of the activities are, are cut down. Um, but I would say, like I mentioned in the very beginning, don't take your grades too, too, too seriously and, and really enjoy the university because uh, you'll meet a lot of great people, a lot of people that came from you know, different, different walks of life, different parts of the world. And uh, there's usually a lot of fun things going around on campus, and hopefully things are going to start opening up again. Right. So you mentioned that it was difficult to transition, especially since you were coming internationally. So I know culture shock is one thing, but how did you cope with adjusting to a new academic program and a new culture at the same time? while working? Um, I would say that what made it easier for me was a lot of the friends that I made um, at USC while doing my master's were also international students. So don't think that, you know, for any, for any international students thinking, uh, planning on coming to USC, don't think that, you know, you're going to come here and you're going to be all alone. A lot of students, you know, they they drop everything and they and they come here to study. So you're eventually going to, you know, um, find your find your circle, find your friends. Uh, I mean, the friends that I met on my first days at USC were the best of friends right now, and it was actually fun because we were all, we were all new to Los Angeles, so we were all, you know, discover. You know, once we're done with university, just uh, discovering Los Angeles, going out and checking out all the nice places. Um, in terms of the academics, I didn't really, um, the only struggle that I really felt was when I was doing the, so when I was on, on, on campus, I didn't have that much of a struggle. It was when, when I was doing it part-time. And um, it is a little bit difficult when you know you're at work all day, then you have to come back home and do your three hour lectures, like watch them on video. I mean, that's kind of what everyone is doing right now, but at that time it definitely wasn't the norm. Um, I would say, you know, put a schedule for yourself. That's what I would do. You don't have to watch all three lectures at once. You can break them, break them down. Um, give, you know, give yourself breaks every now and then. But most importantly, follow a schedule, uh, a realistic one. Um, and yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. I totally agree. Um, I couldn't have made it through my degrees without having a friend group that was going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really important to take breaks. I've definitely learned that transitioning to working at home, um, breaks are important and um, it's important to take care of yourself and be realistic. For sure. So now that you've completed your degree, how do you like your current position and what is a typical day at work like for you? 
So I, I really do love um, where I work currently, uh, especially in the department that I work in, um, because it's not just office work. Uh, well, currently right now I, I am working from home, but um, even tomorrow, for example, I'm, I'm going out to the field. Last week I was out in the field. So um, I think the most thing that I like about my job is um, the projects that we have follow the cradle to grave method. So basically we scope out the projects from the very beginning. And then, you know, you, you go through the detailed design, getting the project ready for construction. And then voila, it's out there in construction and you can actually go and see it. And it's like, you know, your, your project comes to life. So um, I think that's what I like the most about it. Um, what specifically I do uh, is I work for the pipeline safety enhancement plan. So um, we work on all um, underground natural gas pipelines, uh, as well as valves, and just making sure that everything is safe, safe meaning that, you know, pipelines that are um, pretty old are replaced, some of them are pressure tested, our valves are automated in case of any uh, incidents or accidents. Um, so yeah, typical day for me, it really depends on the project, but it, it's all just focused on getting a project ready for construction. So whether that's acquiring environmental permits or working with our engineering firm to make sure that, you know, everything, uh, everything, you know, is feasible and can work and practical in construction, but also, you know, working with our pipeline integrity departments and our gas control departments to make sure that everything is safe, everything flows and, uh, and yeah, just working with several different departments. And, and that's really the beauty of, of working for SoCal gas. It's, such a large company. And uh, from when I started, I don't really know anyone that left the company, but I know tons of people that have, you know, switched departments. Um, so there's always, there's always something going on um, in every single department. And because you're in close contact with people in different departments, you know, you can, your interest may change and be like, hey, I wonder what they do in that department. You can, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one with someone and and just move to that department. So I, I find that is very common in our company. People stay for like 20 years, 30 years sometimes, but they just move a lot uh, between the, in the company, between departments. So I think that's what I like the most. It's um, the exposure to different departments and, uh, and knowing that if I get bored of what I'm doing one day, I can, you know, easily pick up and, and move to another department. And maybe if they're doing something that sparks my interest. That's really interesting. Um, so I guess you mentioned that you're not always on the field, right? No, yeah, it's a mix of you. Um, I guess, is there a usual like number of days that you're on the field versus off? Um, so it really depends. Uh, when a project is in actually in construction, so some projects are in construction for uh, a month, some are in construction for five months, seven months. Um, the project engineer doesn't necessarily have to be there all the time, but uh, my word of advice if, to anyone, if you end up working a job that, you know, whether it's in the construction field or at a power plant or at, even at a waste water treatment facility, I would say um, go out there as much as you can because that's really where you're gonna learn most of the stuff when you're in the office, um, you know, as the engineer, whether you're developing the drawings or, or developing any kind of engineering deliverable, it's a lot different when you actually go out into the field and, and see things. 
like um, I would put so many things like um, like on a drawing, uh, like material wise. And then when I would go out to the field, it would even be really hard for me to identify those in person. And uh, another thing is that uh, even though, you know, we go through the whole undergrad and our master's and the educational part of it, uh, and, and we get the degree, the people who are actually doing the work, like the construction uh, workforce or wherever it is in the power plant or in a wastewater treatment facility, they're the ones with the actual experience and they're the ones that you'll learn the most from. So I would say that, um, I would say maybe I go out to the field once a month, um, but I try to go more often when my project is in construction. I see, that makes sense. Um, so with that, what do you enjoy the most about your work? I think what I enjoy the most is, um, is the satisfaction that you feel uh, once your project is in construction. Uh, you, you work really, really hard. Like the planning takes sometimes between a year to two years, sometimes even longer. And then finally seeing it in construction and especially the last day of construction is probably the, the thing that I love the most. Um, and to add to that, something that's very specific to my department is uh, usually young engineers find a hard time finding a job um, because you, know, you graduate, you have this degree, but you don't have the years of experience. Um, but something that my department has done differently is that they actually always hire young engineers. So like when I got hired, I. I think I was about like 20, 23 or 22. And we have engineers as young as like 21, um, 20, some of them are 20. Um, so it's really nice to work somewhere where a lot of the people are near your age. Um, and we definitely, uh, we definitely kind of proved some people wrong that thought that, you know, young engineers, they don't have a lot of experience. They're not gonna do, do the job right. But our department proved um, exactly otherwise that young engineers are motivated, you know, they are efficient. They, they try and find new ways to make things uh, like, like processes run a lot smoother and faster. Um, so I think that's also what I really enjoy about where I work, um, all, all the friendships that I made. Wow, that's great to hear that you really like your work now at SoCalGas. Um, I was wondering, what did you learn from working in the Middle East versus working at SoCal Gas? And how did your experiences as a woman chemical engineer differ? And is there anything you wish you knew beforehand? So, so I didn't actually uh, work full-time jobs in the Middle East. I did have internships, um, but I went back uh, and visited. Uh, and so I did meet up with a lot of my you know, uh, friends that we went to undergrad together with. And uh, we had like conversations and stuff. And I would say that the, the constant reoccurring theme that, that I would hear would be that, you know, if, if I would ask women or men, but mostly men that like, why don't women, you know, why don't we see them out in the construction field? Why don't, um, why don't we see them at refineries? Why don't we see them at power plants? And I would, con the, the same answer I would hear would be that, well, women wouldn't like it. It's so hot and it's dirty and it's, and the working conditions aren't that nice. And I think, I think that's the narrative that we have to completely throw in the garbage because 
women should be able to decide whether or not they like the job, whether or not they like the working conditions, they should still be given um, the opportunity to pursue the same career path pathways that their uh, that their uh, male counterparts are. So like I've when I work out in the field, um, I've been out there when it was as hot as 110 degrees. Um, last week when I was out there, it was so cold that our pump froze, the pump that we were using. And I've had to use uh, porter potties as well, which is something that I've always heard that, oh, women won't like using the porter potties. <laughs> but I think that what I'm trying to say is that women should be given these opportunities and whether they like, whether they like the working conditions or not, um, it should be up to them to decide. So I would say that's something that's different uh, here versus um, in the Middle East, but even here, we still have uh, a lot of work to do because even when I go out to the field, for the most part, I'm usually the only woman. Uh, the same thing with my, uh, you know, with my my other project engineers who are my other project engineer friends who are women. When they go out to the field, they're also usually the only women. So, yes, the Middle East definitely uh, needs to work on that, but the U.S. also, um, we're still not there yet. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you're doing a great job being a role model for the rest of us. And, you know, things are getting better. And it's just a matter of time, I think. Actually, to add to add to what you said about me being a role model, it's, it's funny and interesting that you say that because when I first joined SoCal Gas, um, I was very intimidated when I used to go out to the field. I was very shy. I was very quiet and um, it was really the women that, that uh, specifically my project manager that hired me, but also a few project engineers that I worked with, um, just seeing them, um, how they were so confident and not intimidated and they didn't let you know their insecurities eat at them uh, from the inside. Um, they were my role models. So, so definitely, um, empowering women definitely uplift other other women but yeah like it's, it's interesting that um that one of one of the the first project engineers that i met uh when i first joined on my first day i remember uh looking at her and seeing how confident she is and and how you like honestly like she was just like excuse my excuse my french but such a badass and i was like wow like i hope one day i could be um, as confident and, you know, a, 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 as a great a woman engineer as her. And we're like the best of friends now. And, uh, and yeah, definitely seeing women, you know, really uh, power through and, and, and show that they have so much to bring to the table um, really, really motivates you. Right. It's really important to believe in yourself and be confident because, I mean, not only are you setting an example for future generations, but something I've learned is that a lot of people deal with insecurity or like imposter syndrome. And it's a common thing for sure. Um, but you are qualified, you earned your degrees. And yeah, <laughs> like you said, just be confident and it'll work out. So yeah, for sure. So I'm glad to hear everything's going well for you, but I also wanted to ask what kinds of challenges 
have you faced in your career and how did you stay motivated through them? Um, I would say the challenges I faced um, where I work were honestly in, in the very, very beginning kind of just uh, understanding like how there's a specific chain of a command, chain of command, also to some level, um, the bureaucracy that's involved uh, in, in these larger organizations, these larger companies. Um, so I have kind of every, like so often gotten like a slap on the wrist for reaching out to someone that I may not have um, or kind of overstepping. I would say that that was something that that happened to me a lot in the beginning where I would overstep someone where when I shouldn't have. Um, however, all the managers that I've had up until now, I've, I've honestly been blessed with really great um, project managers, um, especially the, the first, my first manager that hired me um, where she really, uh, she guided me and, and it wasn't so much that if I did something wrong that she, uh, you know, she put me down as, as I've heard that some, some horrible managers do, but she guided me and she really, uh, you could say taught, taught me the ropes. So that would be, um, one of the challenges that I faced when I first started. Um, another challenge that some people, uh, have in the remaining parts of the, the company, not where I work. And also I'm sure in a lot of other companies is, is when you do get hired as a young engineer. Um, so yeah, when, when you do get hired as a young engineer, there are certain people, you know, especially, um, especially older, uh, engineers, people with a lot more experience, um, that may not believe in you, that may not feel that you're, um, cut out for the job that may not want to give you, uh, a lot of responsibility. Um, so I would say that, you know, you're, you're just gonna have to prove them wrong. You're just gonna have to, uh, in, in case they do try and make your life a little bit difficult, which has happened to me one, once or twice in the past, um, I would say just don't get humiliated easily. Don't get embarrassed, you're, you're there to learn. Even if you do something wrong, uh, you can always fix it. There's not, there's not a single problem that, that you can't eventually fix. Um, and ask around for help. Like that was really, I feel what, like honestly, what what really made me stand out um, from when I joined up until now was uh, my eagerness to learn, but also not being shy to ask for help. Um, so if there's something that you don't know how to do or you don't know exactly how to go about it, whether it's reaching out to another department or reaching out um, to a director or or any of those things, just ask someone. Um, so I think that that would be my 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 word of advice is. You're there to learn. Don't get embarrassed, even if you know someone talks down on you for being the young new engineer. Um, and and ask ask for help if you need it. Uh, people are generally almost always willing to help. Yeah, totally. I want to emphasize what you said also about looking to mentors because you know mentors are a great way to get help when you need it and um, like when you're a young engineer like you said uh, so one last question what advice do you have for students who are interested in the oil and gas industry 
I think the main advice um, that I would I would give to anyone listening, and this doesn't only apply to the oil and gas industry, I think it applies to um, any industry that you're interested in would be um, try to stay up to date with the technological advancements that are happening in that industry. And uh, the reason why I say that is because um, for the most part of last year, I was actually uh, looking to leave the company um, in order to pursue a career more focused on um, renewable energy, um, hydrogen, power to gas, and whatnot. And I thought that I couldn't get those things where I'm working at right now. And it wasn't until I brought up my career interests to my manager and he told me, hey, did you know that this department works on hydrogen? I'm like, no, actually, I, I didn't know that. The company's so big that um, I wasn't aware of that. So, so yeah, definitely, if you have an industry in mind, try and find out, you know, what are the hot topics um, that are now being talked about in that industry? What are, what are the advancements that are being done? Um, and stuff, and so that you could uh, really be able to to kind of draw an outline for yourself um, for your career. So, like for myself, for example, yes, I am working in the oil and gas industry, but I do know that I want to end up shifting to renewable energies or hydrogen. So, how am I going to do that? Uh, working uh, in the oil and gas industry. So then I start reading about, you know, the hydrogen advancements or the power to gas facilities. Um, what is SoCal Gas doing um, in regards to that? So, so yeah, I think, I think you know, just staying up to date uh, with what's being done in that industry and, and drawing kind of a rough outline um, for, for your career would, would really be helpful. That's wonderful advice. Ms. Jarmai Carney, thank you so much again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Where can our students listening connect with you online? Um, I'm on Instagram, I guess like the most of us. I'm not on TikTok yet, uh, but I'm on Instagram. Uh, you could follow me on uh, Sarah, S-A-R-A-J-A-R-R. -R. So Sarah Jar on Instagram. Awesome. To our listeners, stay tuned for our next podcast on April 28th with Dr. Elizabeth Nance, our very own founder of Women in Chemical Engineering. You can submit questions for her by April 19 on Twitter with hashtag Let's Talk WikiUSC or by email to wikiusc at gmail.com. For more information, check out our website at wikiusc.com. From all of us at Wiki, thanks for listening.